The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new Toyota truck. Like a rugged half-ton Tundra, workhorse by nature, powerhouse by design, the Tundra combines raw capability with premium comfort and advanced tech to fuel your wildest adventures. And with the available iForce Max hybrid powertrain, you can take electrifying horsepower farther than ever before. Or check out the fully redesigned Tacoma, delivering trail-dominating power and captivating style. The new Tacoma was born to make your off-roading dreams come true. And with new available tech, this legendary truck is getting even better. And when you buy a Toyota truck, you buy Toyota dependability, meaning your truck will hold its value long into the future. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. What's up, everyone? I want to tell you about a car that you are going to love. Check it out. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, I love that, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. So let's say you're ready to take the family on a camping trip or something like that. The Santa Fe is perfect for you. You've got all-wheel drive. You can load everyone up in the third row. It's time to start being adventurous, and you need the right car, and that's the Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. What a play! Can you believe this? I had no idea. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. Off to the races, and he stays on his feet. This is going to go the distance. Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. Oh, David Montgomery. Not uh, started in a lot of leagues. Only 40% of CBS managers started David Montgomery. Three touchdowns, 121 yards, 32 carries. And what is going on with Jameer Gibbs? People are a little worried about it, and I get it. Welcome to the show. We'll recap the Lions and the Packers. Lions with a resounding victory to improve to 3-1. and one. We're going to take a look at seven NFC home games. Denver at Chicago, Minnesota at Carolina, Seattle at the Giants, Tampa Bay at New Orleans, New England at Dallas, Washington at Philadelphia, Arizona at San Francisco. We'll try to help you beat the waiver wire too last week we told you to go pick up devon a chain hopefully you listened and we'll uh we'll talk about him a little bit later yeah anyway detroit 34 and green bay 20 okay is there any doubt in your mind that david montgomery will be the best fantasy running back for the lions rest of season not really no slight doubt but it's hard to bet against it right now i mean what, what what would slow him down at this point besides injury that's really it, and unless they decide that they want to get a little bit more juice in the passing game out of that position. Uh, but the th- here's the thing that bothered me about this. When the game was completely decided, and he's coming off a thigh injury, and he's already gotten 28 carries at this point, like, what yeah. are they doing? Yeah, Why right. are they trying to get him hurt again? Right, we couldn't get a little bit of garbage time there for, right. for, for uh, our boy Jameer Gibbs. Well, Montgomery must start, right? I mean, this must start at this point. 
Next games are against the Panthers, Bucks, Ravens, and Raiders. He's the start of the week in week five. Yeah, I, I don't care. <laughs> I don't care about the tough matchups. This <laughs> offensive line is strong. He's good. By all means, keep him in your lineup. And the offensive line isn't even fully healthy right now. Oh, that's the craziest part. And what about Gibbs? What are we doing with Gibbs? You hold yeah. and then just yeah. hope that they start to give him a little bit more work as the season goes on. You know, I mean, I just don't understand. Like, why spend the draft pick on him? Like, what? they were fist pumping and high-fiving and so excited that they got him. And, I mean, by all accounts, we said this on draft night. Like, you, you reached a little bit. Like, you know, I mean, maybe he's a first-round <laughs> talent. Yeah. If you really wanted him, I'm sure you could have traded down. But – like, why not use it more? Why? Well, I mean, we could say that about a bunch of rookies that were taken in the first round that went to curious landing spots. We could say that about JSN. We could say that about Quentin Johnson. Sometimes these guys just aren't ready to to be let loose. And not only is Gibbs not necessarily ready to not be let loose, but they don't have to. Right. They they love what they're getting out of David Montgomery. So I, I unfortunately think it means that Jameer Gibbs is just going to have to be parked. Bye week running back, obvious replacement for David Montgomery. If you're the Montgomery manager, you could try trading for Gibbs, but you're going to have to give up more than you'd want. I, I I just think you've got to hold him. I think you were right. There's no reason you're never going to cut him, and you're not going to feel good starting him unless Montgomery's out. How about this? As we move on to a different topic, Romeo Dobbs has scored 18 or more PPR fantasy points in three of four games. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what a quietly yes. awesome season and week two he was terrible but other than that 18 or more in three or four games Watson comes back last night you know has the touchdown thankfully oh, you got so, so lucky if you started him <laughs> I mean not really because that still wasn't a very good game but yes you got no lucky. You got but like from, the expectations were point. low to begin yeah. with yeah he should have had like just the one catch and that was it right all right so so let's talk talk about the Packers did anything change in your mind uh, in terms of how you evaluate the Packers offense rest of season based on yesterday? I mean, the offensive line is definitely a problem for everything. You know, Jordan Love was running for his life and they couldn't get the run game going by any stretch. I mean, granted, when they're down, you know, 14-3 in the first quarter, that wasn't exactly a promising situation to run the ball. But I think there's a good buy opportunity for Aaron Jones, you know, because it's been two missed games and now a bad game. And so if the Jones fantasy manager is struggling a little bit, you know, one and three after this week, going four, you know, maybe looking to uh, acquire something um, in return that could help, you know, that, that particular person. So I think it's just a matter of be patient with, with him in particular and be patient with Christian Watson. Like Dave said, you know, you got lucky with the touchdown reception, but there are better things to come for him. You know, now that he should have extra time to get ready for that week five game, but Romeo Dobbs, I think is a, you know, weekly starter in three receiver leagues until proven otherwise. Dobbs is that dude for Green Bay, and he might even be better than a number three receiver as we move forward. But Love, just that's the guy that he's got his best timing with, and he's making great plays, and he should have had more great plays. But, I mean, Love was just totally dysfunctional. The Packers offense in the first half, totally dysfunctional. There were so many plays where Love was like, he didn't care about the pass rush, and you love to see that ignorance from quarterbacks. But the play designs were terrible. They would only have like, Two receivers downfield. Everybody else is blocking. Of course, the Lions were playing zone, so they weren't going to be able to connect on those plays. Um, Some positives for Love. He had his highest completion rate on the season, 64%. His ADOT was 9.5. That's actually his second lowest, but that's still above league average. His off-target rate, 11.1%. That was his best of the season. I, I still think that there's some good in him. 
He just needs to cut down. He's doing this weird thing when he throws where he like puts too much of his body into it. And I think passes are sailing on him a little. And that's, you know, contributing to the off-target throws. And he's still just a little bit late on some of the throws. We talked about that during the preseason. But he he loves going long. And the Packers try to like help him make that happen. And we still saw that in the game, even against heavy zone coverage. He's throwing it deep into tight windows. He's doing a good job with it. Uh, you, you really should have gotten more than 19 fantasy points out of him when it was all said and done. And they play Las Vegas next week. You're going to love your Packers next week against the Raiders. Oh, pun intended. Okay. Well, who, who, which uh, Packers wide receiver would you prefer rest of season, Watson or Dobbs? Still Watson. I might. I, I don't want to sound like I'm making a knee-jerk reaction here, but I think Dobbs might end up being the guy. I think he's just going to get good target volume and good catches from week to week. And hopefully Watson stays healthy. Hopefully Watson proves me wrong. I loved Watson for the season, but yeah. I just I see it with Dobbs. I think he'll be the best one. Yeah, I don't want to keep repeating myself, but there were multiple reports in the preseason that said Dobbs you know, proje- yes. projections, not but guesses by reporters. Dobbs would lead the team in catches. So it's not a huge surprise that he's off to a good start. I mean, 18 points in three or four games, that's surprising. But uh, very good start for Dobbs. Okay, uh, anything to say? It's weird. You know, Goff, this is going to continue his his look of bad road games. But he didn't play poorly. He scored no. 13.4 points, early interception. Nope. Then he played great just when you keep handing the ball off to Montgomery for the touchdown. Right. Um, and, you know, obviously they're running out the clock. But, uh, yeah, I, I mean... Golf or love? Two questions, real quick. Golf or love? Rest of season, and then uh, what do we do with Josh Reynolds, who led the team in receiving again? I'll still choose love over golf, but they're both in that mid to low end QB one range. And you'll obviously feel better about golf when he's playing at home. As, as silly as it sounds, that's how it's working out. And I'm I still think Reynolds is in the the flex conversation, probably like deeper league flex conversation. Uh, Reynolds is droppable. And Ooh, I would take okay. Goff over Love. Uh, I'm not going to react to uh, four games based on how I had it ranked at the start of the season when Goff's already had two good games and still gets Jamison Williams coming back in week seven. So I'll still stick with Goff. Right, Love's Jamie. had three great games. <clears throat> yes, yeah. Jamie's is clearly putting stock into Jamison Williams coming back, which is why he's saying yeah. Reynolds is droppable. Yeah, yeah, I'm not. Okay. All right. Not, we, hey, one more thing from this game. <laughs> A.J. Dillon, 68% of the snaps, really? Well, Green Bay? obviously, Jones, Jones was getting his hamstring looked at during the game, yeah. so I don't think he's healthy. Okay, but he played almost all the third and fourth downs. How many fantasy points did he have? Jones or Dillon? <laughs> I mean, it could be either one. They both suck, but Jones, Jones had 2.6, I believe. Okay. Yeah. Dillon? Dillon had 1.1. 1. 1. <laughs> 1.1? Yeah, you don't run on this team. This team's got a seriously good run defense. Oh yeah, that's what it was well, for no. sure. The run defense was. Uh, but why obviously, didn't have a great game. No, not a Dylan, but Jones. But obviously, Jones not not fully healthy. And same with Watson. Their snaps are very. I think limited. the offensive line's a bigger concern. Yeah, they need they need Elton Jenkins back in a big way. All right, Sunday's a big day, obviously. Sunday of week four. we got a lot going on. So join us at 10 a.m. Eastern on CBS Sports HQ. You can watch that on the CBS Sports app. It's totally free. And by the way, you don't have to just watch it for fantasy football coverage. It's all sports coverage. I mean, what a wild card. Chris Towers last night was telling me about the Marlins. The Marlins, I think they didn't finish their game last night, and they have a half-game lead over the Cubs or something like that. 
And if they end up, and it's not decided in the, they'll have to, if it's not decided by the end of the weekend, they'll have to fly back to New York to finish the last inning of this game against the Mets, something crazy like that. But all these great, great things that are happening right now in sports, college basketball is getting started soon, college football, watch it all, or, you know, follow it all by watching CBS Sports HQ, highlights, gambling analysis, fantasy analysis, all free, 24-7 streaming, CBS Sports HQ, watch it on the CBS Sports app. And of course, join us for our live stream at 11.30 a.m. Eastern on Sunday morning at youtube.com slash today. This is a great way to get your questions answered. 11.30 a.m. youtube.com slash today. 90 minutes, no commercials, just your, your questions. Uh, let's go to the most activated list. So we haven't done this before, but these are players who have seen the biggest increase in their start percentage from week three to week four. And I'm not including Alvin Kamara. I'm not including... I think Brandon Ayuk is on there. Not guys coming back from injury or suspension. So, number one is Devon H. How are we pronouncing this? Day? I've seen conflicting things. What's the latest on A-Chain versus A-Chan? It's pronounced... <laughs> is that me? That's you. <laughs> How do you pronounce it, though? Because I thought Schefter said A-Chan, but then I thought I saw something that said, no, it's actually A-Chain. No, Adam's right. I'm right. Shafter's right. Oh. All right, so what do you think? Uh, he went from 2% to 64% started. Are you starting Devon A. Chan? Just hit the damn music already. Don't you know what I'm trying to do here? the name of the week, yeah. And it's the game of the week, yeah. The Bills, Jose the Dolphins. And I couldn't fool Dave today. First time all year, but uh, to be fair, I was tipped off. You were tipped off? I was tipped. Well, two things. First of all, it's obviously the game of the week. But second of all, somebody sent me a tweet. Oh, you piece of garbage. Whoever did that, you really suck. They said on the show yesterday. No, that really, that that pisses me off. Well, that's your dumb fault for saying something. That's the lame of the week. That's that's not cool. And I don't even want to do this most activated segment. So of course not. It's the this was a terrible decision. (laughs) News and notes. News and notes. Let's blame it on the cough. I'm not even coughing that much today. I've got like I was hoping you were going to play the music while I was pretending to cough. Like I had this whole thing in my head. Uh, Ruined. Yeah. All ruined. You could have played along, you know. Anyway, news and notes. All right. I'll get Dave next week when he's least expecting it. That's what I want. That's what everybody wants. Yeah. Well, then why? Apparently not everybody. Not this one loser on Twitter. No, no, no. There's one guy that's. that's Sorry. I'm being mean to him. Don't don't do that next time. I'm just frustrated. Well, just don't say anything. Well, I thought it was going to be our secret with all of the listeners and viewers. News and notes. Uh, Anthony Richardson looks like he's going to play. Bryce Young looks like he's going to play. Deshaun Watson was limited with a shoulder injury. I don't really have much to update from yesterday, but the big quarterback news is Richardson and Young look like they're going to go. Garoppolo still in the concussion protocol, but you guys expecting Garoppolo at this point? Yes. Uh, The biggest thing is probably Debo not practicing Thursday. Yeah, I'll get to that. I have it all by position. Um so just finishing up quarterback, we're hoping for Garoppolo and probably not expecting Carr, yes, on Watson. Running back, Saquon Barkley was limited. That is an update from yesterday because the Giants didn't practice Wednesday, but he was limited in practice on Thursday. And I do feel like this is going to be a very frustrating Sunday morning situation where we're just not going to know. But uh, what can we say? I can't really say anything until then. If you know Barkley's going to play, you start him. If you don't, you might want to play it safe. Eckler, what are you guys thinking for Eckler? 
he posted, he tweeted something with the arrow sign or the, the little graphics squiggly thing pointing up. Um, I'm going to guess he's playing at this point. Good. All right. Get Josh Kelly away <laughs> from <laughs> Let's me. Let's do it. Uh, Jerome Ford and Kareem Hunt were both limited. We're expecting them. What's the latest on the Ravens running backs? Oh, Gus is good to go. It seems like they're, I've got to set when we, you want me to tell you the stash now or when we get to beat the waiver wire? Uh, well, let's wait. Let's use it. We got, we got a guy. Okay. Excellent. If you've got IR spots, get ready. Why just receiver. go to your league page now and get ready to add. Wide receiver Jalen Waddle will play, but Debo Samuel and Juwan Jennings both mispracticed. Uh, Brandon Ayuk was limited, so we're thinking Ayuk will play. We don't know about Debo right now, Jamie. Your your thoughts? We will talk about this game, but it's the last game we've got. I mean, obviously, if one of the guys is out, the other one steps up. Certainly, George Kittle as well. Uh, this is an interesting game because, as we've noted, that Ayuk does much better against man than he does against yep. zone, and this team plays a lot of zone. Mm-hmm. So just keep that in mind. But if there's no Debo, it's Ayuk to the moon, you know. So. Uh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be afraid of whatever defense the Cardinals throw out there if there's no Debo Samuel, and certainly the same thing for George Kittle. Yep. Okay, Jerry Judy was once again limited. Devontae Smith mispracticed with an illness. I said earlier that the Eagles were dealing with an illness in their Week Three game, perhaps why they were a little sluggish. Jalen Hurts. Sympathy coughs. <laughs> oh man, it's been a real painful, painful week. Yeah. Uh, and Marquise Brown had a thumb injury, so he was limited. Still expecting him to play, but we'll keep an eye on Marquise Brown. Um, and that's that's pretty much it. Once again, Derwin James mispractice. Are there any key defensive injuries? I think DeForest Buckner mispractice again. That would be a biggie. For the Colts. We, Colts defensive tackle. Yeah, and he's a huge reason, figuratively and literally, why their run defense has been so great this year. Uh, I, I got a whole list. I would say the biggest issues are in Carolina. Yeah. We got Frankie Louvu. I don't know if he's, I don't know if any of these guys are practicing. He was limited. He, play. he was limited. All right. So that's a good sign. You know, Denver's run defense went from bad to sewer when Josie <laughs> Jewell left last week. So I'd like to know if he's playing for the Broncos against the Bears. And there's, there's a couple of others. Okay. Lesser guys. Arizona's got some guys that might miss the game. All right, let's do uh, one question for each game. But first, a commercial break. Yeah, you've been waiting for it. Here it is on Fantasy Football Today. We'll be right back. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to shopify magic your ai powered all-star shopify powers 10 percent of all e-commerce in the u.s and shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, rothy's and brooklinen and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries plus shopify's award-winning 24 7 help is there to support your success every step of the way because businesses that grow grow with shopify sign up for a one dollar per month trial period at 
at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odyssey podcast. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle, from the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback. There's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. One question for each game. We have seven of them today. Denver's at Chicago. My question is, really? These teams? (laughs) Offensive explosion? We're really excited about these offenses uh, in Denver and Chicago? One of them. Yeah, Justin Fields is going to have a big game. Mm, I was thinking the other one. Yeah, you go ahead and think that. I I, I will. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, the Bears, uh, we can talk about it later, but the Bears defense and offense are just horrific statistically, both sides of the ball. Not that the Broncos are lighting the world on fire, but at least Russell Wilson's throwing better. And uh, I, I like him a lot this week. I think Russ is going to have a good game. You like I don't him? disagree. I think he'll have a good game. You like him better than Fields, Dave? Yes. Jamie does not. No, but just in general, I mean, are we ready to put stock? You could look at Wilson and say he's having a good year, but I would say that 10 of his fantasy points came on the final possession of the week two game against Washington. Much of that was on the Hail Mary. Mm-hmm. If you, that's that's if you fair. Didn't have that Hail just a Hail Mary. He's got, I think, what, like 19, 19 and 24-ish points, something like that. I mean, I might be a little off. But well, yeah, okay. Through three weeks, he doesn't have a good game against his defense. Get ready for Jared Stidham. Yeah, so I'll agree with that too. Um, his completion rate is like six percentage points higher than it was last year. Yards per attempt is higher. Touchdown rate is way higher. Off target rate is way, way lower. He's playing a lot better and he's attacking downfield, which is exactly what you want to have at quarterback when you're taking on the Bears who have one sack, one sack this year. That's how bad their pass rush is. And they haven't had any in their last two games and their secondary is beat up to boot. We didn't mention Jalen Johnson and Eddie Jackson beat up in that secondary. Uh, I I think this Broncos, I think the Broncos in general are going to bounce back after being humiliated last week. I would, I would hope that Sean Payton runs the ball a little bit more to get their run game going. Because you can run on the Bears as well, so I really like Javante sure. Williams in this game too. Um, I am curious because we're getting some rumblings that they're going to play Marvin Mims a little more, and his snap counts have yes. been really limited for a player that has a huge upside. So that would certainly help Russell Wilson as well. Uh, and you know, you talk about the Bears' pass rush. Well, the Broncos should have a better defense. They have four sacks on the season. Yeah. So you know, it's not exactly a team that's been getting a lot of pressure on the opposing quarterbacks as well. And they've made a lot of quarterbacks already look good that are pretty crappy in Jimmy Garoppolo <laughs> and Sam Howell in particular. So. I think this is a good game for Justin Fields. I think it's going to be the best game to date. I think he's going to have a top 10 finish, and I would start him over Russell Wilson. All right, let's got to move on to the next game here because that's the first game we'll preview. Minnesota's at Carolina. Alexander Madison 
or Jordan Addison, who's a better flex? You know, Addison. if if they're going to play Cam Akers, and after Madison's got some fumble concerns and lo- a lack of explosive plays and has just really been getting by on a lot of work, I'm going to take my chances with Addison, but I hope that Madison can still hold off Cam, a- Cam Akers and be the guy there for Minnesota. The hunch, and, and this was based on what somebody who's, you know, watched all the Vikings games and pays close attention to everything that comes out of Minnesota told me, and this makes sense, is Akers is going to start working in on running downs, even if Madison doesn't fumble, but they're not ready to put him in on passing downs. So the hunch is that Madison will lock into passing downs, which is good because that's pretty much every down for Minnesota, and that they'll split rushing downs. But if Madison fumbles, then you know it's going to crumble for him. I, I like Addison, too. Okay. Seattle at the Giants. Do we have 30 fantasy point potential from these quarterbacks? Yeah, yes. But you also have 15 fantasy point potential from these quarterbacks. I mean, I struggle because I, I have Geno and Burrow. Yeah, you're starting Geno. Okay. And I, I'd start Jones over Burrow, too. Okay. Yep. Would, would you start? How about which quarterbacks do you like better, basically? Uh, Den- the Denver Chicago quarterbacks or the Seattle Giants quarterbacks. You know which game is better for the quarterbacks collectively? Yeah, if you had to rank them. Yeah, like, go ahead, rank those four. Oh, I have both guys in the Denver Chicago game ranked ahead of the Seattle Giants game. How do you have it? Fields, Wilson, Geno, Jones. Wilson, Geno, Fields, Jones for me. Okay, all top fifteen. Tampa Bay at New Orleans. Other than Chris Olave, how many easy starts are there in this game? You're starting Camaro. You're probably starting Mike Evans, too. Like, you've got to have some really good receivers to move him down at this point. He's just getting too much volume, and I think he's going to continue to, even with Lattimore playing. Mike Evans or Tyler Lockett? Lockett. Tyler. All right. New England at Dallas. Does Ramondre Stevenson get it going? Define get it going. Have a good game. You know, do you like for him, this him week? or for do, a fantasy? Do you like back? him this week? Not particular. Number two running back. Yeah. Okay. Washington. I have Montgomery ranked ahead of him in PPR. I have the same question for Washington at Philadelphia and Arizona at San Francisco. Start them all and sit them all. Start all Eagles and Niners. Sit all Commanders and Cardinals. I got an eagle to. You're not sitting say. James Conner. Yeah, yeah. You could start with that, and I think you'd be hard pressed to start Brian or sit Brian Robinson in non PPR. I'm and I think I don't think Dallas Goddard is a slam dunk in non PPR either. I'm hating I mean, what I, I'm I seeing. Just from don't. Him. You'd have to pick up another tight end. Start. Yeah, over. I I might be okay with that. Who though? Who's available right now? Yeah, let me see who I've got ranked out of him. I know I have Hunter Henry ranked ahead of him. That's always been like the latest. He's like seventy-eight percent rostered. Yeah, Ferguson, Everett. I've seen Firemuth dropped in some leagues. I mean, Goddard is that might just... be about it. I wouldn't start Kincaid. I wouldn't start Najoku. I wouldn't start Komet. But he's outside of my top twelve in non PPR. He's going to have a good game at some point, you know. My yeah, I... at some point they will actually throw a pass inside the ten yard line this year. Yeah. They barely do that now. Well, yeah, they probably won't throw it to Goddard, but uh, yeah, because he doesn't run a lot of routes there. But you're right; um, they're they're not doing that, and they're just no. not really throwing the ball that well this year. But 
All right. Yeah, it's just a matter of, for me, in my one league where I have Goddard, I just, I'm not spending another roster spot on a tight end. That Same. could easily be worse than Goddard. Okay, and yeah, so Connor, again, you know, I, we brought it up last week. He's just, for now, every time, it's just, he's been matchup-proof. He's been game-script-proof. You go look at every single time he's had a tough matchup or a game where they've gotten blown out or were expected to get blown out. He comes through every time. I don't know why I just have this bad feeling about him, but <laughs> probably, probably I'm sure, had I'm sure I've had that feeling. I'm sure I've had that feeling before, and he always comes through. So <laughs> With him, I have it almost every week. Yeah. And you know what? He comes through. So would you start James Conner, DeAndre Swift, Alvin Kamara? How would you rank those three running backs? Uh, Connor's third, but still starting. Connor, Swift, Kamara. All right, let's beat the waiver wire. Beat the waiver wire. It's you versus the waiver wire. Who's going to win? Dave, who are we stashing? <laughs> My favorite stash is a, is a rookie named Keaton Mitchell, who's currently on the IR for the Ravens. He's an East Carolina running back. Uh, undrafted, very fast. We'll have fresh legs, totally different type of running back than Gus Edwards and Melvin Gordon. I know that Justice Hill practiced, and he, Justice Hill coming back will probably put a cramp in Keaton Mitchell's development, but they need something consistent and explosive in their backfield, and I don't know if they've got it on their active roster right now. So if you've got IR spots, stash Keaton Mitchell. I've done it in literally all my leagues, and if he gets an opportunity at some point, you just plug them in. It's a good, they, it's a go good running offense Taylor. and a good offensive line when they're healthy. It makes too much sense for them to go trade for Jonathan Taylor. If he doesn't want to stay in Indianapolis, and this is a team that's been aggressive in the past, like that's the obvious move to help this team and to help him. And I would love to see it happen. I would too, but that would suck for all my shares of Keaton Mitchell. The Jets play the Broncos next week, and the Commanders play the Bears. We look at like just potentially great matchups. I don't know if there's anyone. Maybe if someone dropped Jahan Dotson, uh, Sam Howell. If you're yeah, a lot of that. If, yeah. yeah, we're seeing that in everybody's home leagues. We got four buys next week. We got Cleveland, the Chargers, Seattle, and Tampa Bay. You need to get ahead of the game here. So if there's absolutely nothing available on the waiver wire at quarterback, take a look at Sam Howell. Don't take a look at Zach Wilson, but take a look at Sam Howell Thursday night against the Chicago Bears. That might not be the worst idea. Um, let's see. I, I think, oh, yeah, I talked about the upcoming schedule for the Chiefs and their wide receivers. They get Minnesota next week. So if Rashi Rice... Or whatever, if Sky Moore's out there or Kadarius Tony, if you want to take a chance on someone, if we see a bigger role for one of those guys and maybe they can carry some momentum, they've got great matchups coming up. Um, hey, I got a question. Are got. there any players on the Browns, Chargers, Seahawks, Bucks that should be dropped now before they go into their bye week? We, we were asked uh, on on HQ after we were done with the segment by Jeremy St. Louis, one of the hosts, about Jackson Smith and Jigba. Like, what, what are you supposed to do with him? Do you cut him before the bye week and then, you know, just stash somebody else because he hasn't been doing anything, or do you hold on to him? And I'm just wondering if there's anybody that you can think of who you'd cut now before their bye because they're going to, even if they have a good game, they're right. going to be useless. I don't think Smith and Jigba is one of those guys, but are there players on the teams that I just mentioned who you can kind of snip now? Don't have to worry about somebody reaching to pick them up. Yeah. Elijah, because Elijah Moore, one Elijah Moore and JSN are the ones that come to mind. Those are the first, but you two. do it on um, Sunday morning. You don't do it now, depending true. on your waivers. Like you do, I mean, I, right. Unless there's somebody you really want. That's still sitting there. <laughs> right. On the ad drop list. Sorry. 
Is, does Zach Charbonnet count? I don't think so. It, but holding those, on to handcuffs through buys is always a tricky decision. Right. Right. So I, I definitely wouldn't do it with Charbonnet. I would with Elijah Moore. I would with JSN if there was somebody that you absolutely positively had to have off, have to have off the waiver wire with the idea that you'd go back for Smith and Jigba either next week or the week after. But I, I don't love that. In terms of other players to add, you could always, if you have an empty roster spot, you could always pick up a handcuff running back. Tank Bigsby, 60% roster. Justice Hill is not even a handcuff. He just might be a guy who has a role. He's 52% rostered, although you just heard what Dave said earlier, but still, not a bad idea to pick up Justice Hill. No, he's ahead of Mitchell when he's healthy. There are some other guys to add just in the handcuff area. You could also take a look at Jarek McKinnon. Maybe his role would grow a little bit. And uh, I'll try to find some wide receivers if this would just load for me here. I got the spinning wheels. Anyway, uh, I don't know, whatever. I'll just keep saying Rishi Rice. Uh, Wondell Robinson. Wondell Robinson's the guy you could add. Yes, please add him. Yeah. 11 snaps last What's, week, five targets. Yeah, that's the stat. Yeah. Good call on PPR. Maybe even half in non-PPR. All right, Denver's at Chicago. Here we go. Let's have this uh, Javante Williams rankings dispute because, Jamie, you are a lot higher on Javante than, than Dave is, so uh, hit it. Have you seen the Bears? I have, have, you, have you seen the Javante? That's, that's the thing. <laughs> well, I, let's talk about context of who you have him ranked ahead of and just how aggressive you're being starting Javante Williams. I think he's going to score his first touchdown. I think he's still going to have a couple of catches, and I think he's going to go for 80 total yards or more. So I'm not fearing Javante Williams because he's playing the Bears. I think it's going to be his best game to date. I think the the worry on Javante, I moved him up. He's, he's now a number two running back for me. But okay. the worry is that he's still splitting a lot. He hasn't even played... 50% of the snaps in any game yet this year. He's barely played on third and fourth downs, and he hasn't been efficient. He's he's had a couple of really good runs, but otherwise, like his positives are that he's physical, and that's it as far as running goes. But where the reason, the main reason why I moved him up is because he gets a couple of catches each week. And as bad as the Bears are against the run, they are even worse against running backs catching passes out of the backfield. A little bit of that is is aided by Aaron Jones and what he did in week one and Jarek McKinnon last week. But still, they're dead last in yards per catch allowed to running backs, yards after catch per reception to running backs. Uh, defensive pass EPA against running backs is the worst by a mile. And there's room for him to get, you can call it 12 carries for 50 yards, three catches for 30 yards, and the touchdown on top of it. That's a really good game for Javante Williams. And then you sell the hell out of him after he does it. So number two running back, good matchup. And yes, he could absolutely have his best game of the year. Okay, got to update a stat. So since going back to last year, the Bears have now allowed nine. Did they get to 19? I don't think they did. Well, going into last week's game, they allowed 19 or more PPR fantasy points to a running back in seven of their last nine games. They did not allow that last week, but Clyde and McKinnon both had really big, or all the Pacheco. all the running backs, Pacheco, yeah, Clyde, and did. McKinnon. So, so they suck. They suck against the run. They can't get much of a push from their defensive line. Um, they're they're a mess right now on both sides of the ball. Yeah, but certainly on defense. <laughs> well, just Jamie, you have you have <laughs> Javante ahead of some pretty big names. You got him ahead of uh, Kamara, Swift, Connor, Miles Sanders. Yeah, just I think he's going to be better than those guys. All right. Um, how about the Bears running backs? Any interest there? 
I do. I have some interest in Roshan. I think this is going to be his best game to date as well. And I hope that this is when the takeover happens, that he's outperforming Khalil Herbert. But both guys should be considered as flex plays, given how bad Denver's run defense has looked. See week three. Do you think this is true, by the way? Comment from the chat. When one of Adam's players gets a touchdown, he says, hip, hip, hooray. Oh, definitely. Especially if your kids are around. <laughs> they're, oh, they're fi- finally starting to get into sports. I'm loving it. So... Jacob Gibbs had an interesting tweet about the Broncos running back, or sorry, the Bears running backs. It's uh, that actually, if you look at game neutral situations or situation neutral situations, whatever it is, I think like seven points or less is the score, you know, the difference in the score when it's not garbage time. Uh, Khalil Herbert is actually owning that time. He is the clear lead running back in those situations. Right, for all six minutes of those situations <laughs> each week. So Gibbs was making the case that Khalil Herbert is actually the guy. Um, we'll see how it plays out. I don't think you want to start these guys, but... No, I, I wouldn't feel good about starting them. That, like, if there Great were buys this week, you'd start them. Great DFS plays. Okay. I think Herbert is the better DFS play because I bet more people are thinking along your lines, Jamie, of this is the Rashad. I will tell you. Let's see what the projected ownership is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell me on that. First of all, how reliable has that been for you? Very reliable. Okay, good to know. Uh, Herbert is at 1.2% and Rashad is at 0.8%. Okay, so what the hell do I know? They're both. It's a dead heat. Yeah. (laughs) They're both losers that everybody's ignoring. So wide receivers in this game. Rank these wide receivers. Uh, Moore, Sutton, Judy, Mims. I'll take Sutton. And then I think I have Judy over Moore. I do. Mims is after that. So Jamie has Moore first in this game. Yeah, he's third. has him third. Yeah. I know who the Broncos are playing. (laughs) Jamie, are you concerned about Patrick Sertan being on him, being on DJ Moore? I mean, a little bit, but as we saw, you know, sometimes garbage time matters, and he's gotten 13 or more PPR points in back-to-back weeks. They they do not line up Sertan against the number one guy consistently. Sometimes they do, sometimes they don't, and almost never in the slot. And so DJ Moore could continue to work out of the slot for, I don't know how much it's been, but call it a third of his snaps. I could look it up. And uh, I, I think that Moore's a good target still. I think he can still get you around 15 PPR which means you obviously like Sutton and Judy because you're ranking them ahead you of get even more than that. Yes. Again, the bears who in this game, which wide receiver in this game is better than Michael Pittman this week. None in PPR. I agree. Non PPR. I'd put Sutton ahead of him for sure. Yeah. I would take more and Sutton over Pittman in non PPR In non PPR. Yeah. I haven't ranked that way. Who in this game is better than Tutu Atwell this week. Who just saw uh, for me? Just more. Who in this game is better than Devon Achan this week? Which wide receivers are you starting over Achan? Uh, in PPR, more and such. More and such. <laughs> <More inside. laughs> Sorry, I just feel like I was cheated. I just feel like I was cheated. Uh, what happened? No, I just I, like I mentioned Achan's. I hit the game of the week song because I just feel like I was cheated by a rogue listener. But anyway, uh, that was funny. Okay, thank you. I was amused. Well done. Tight ends you, in this game. You bitter young fool who hurts himself <laughs> coughing. <laughs> Tight ends in this game? No. 
there will be some who play. I wouldn't start them. And we've already talked about Wilson and Fields. Fields is the start of the week. These guys are low-end starters. We like them better than Joe Burrow. Jamie, do you have the DFS percentages for those two? Uh, I think I saw Fields is like top five. Okay, and Russ should be uh, right up there with him. Fields right? is 5.8%, but quarterbacks are always lower. Uh, Russell Wilson is 2.9%. Mm. Okay. Go start Russ. I know I will. Denver's DST is a low-end starter. Minnesota's I'm going to win a million dollars. Minnesota's at Carolina. You're going to share that with me. Stat of the game. I'll buy you cough drops. Four running backs have scored 15 or more PPR fantasy points against the Panthers in three games. That would be both Falcons running backs, Tony Jones and Ken Walker. Uh, this is a team you can run on. So it's just tough to trust Madison right now. But if Akers weren't part of the equation, we probably would... Would like Madison top twelve? He'd be top twelve. <laughs> He's I don't, I don't know about top twelve. Maybe he'd be top twelve. He would be top twelve. And where is yeah. he instead? Uh, he's top twenty-four. Yeah, Jamie, where do you have Madison? Yeah, uh, low end number two running back. I hope again. I hope he takes advantage of the matchup. Look, it's, if he gets fifteen plus carries and two or three catches, then he's going to be fine. You're probably still starting him across the board, regardless. But it's just been very frustrating and tough to trust. How many quarterbacks are you starting ahead of Kirk Cousins this week? Four. One. <laughs> okay. Just start Kirk Cousins, but he's two. I are... don't think he has to throw as much. I don't think <laughs> they're chasing points. Yeah, let me let me just say, I understand Cousins this this argument that he's going to have his best year. Uh, they have a seventy four percent pass rate. I went if back you round up at seventy five. I went back and I looked at the last ten years. I haven't, the highest I've seen is like 68.5 or something. So what they're doing right now is outrageous, the amount of passes they're throwing. It won't happen. And it's actually making me consider in a league where I just don't like my team. IDP league, one and two. I just not feeling it. I have Burrow, I have Mixon, Madison, Pickens. Like just, I have Jefferson. Even I'll Je- take Jefferson off I'm your thinking hands. of trading Jefferson, who I still would take number one overall. So, but maybe this is the peak of his value just based on the past value. Like, he's fine. I'm not saying maybe trying to trade him for like two great players, two second round caliber players or something. But just throwing that out there. Only do that if if you don't feel like you can win with your roster. But uh, yeah, it's just crazy how much they're throwing and and Jamie's thinking that's not going to be the case. And actually, this team's been very good against the pass thus far, Carolina. I don't know if I buy it. They're really beat up in the secondary. Yeah, I don't think he's going to struggle. Right. Per se, but I don't think this is a game where he's got to throw the ball fifty times. You know, you don't. This could be a thirty-five pass attempt a game, thirty-five pass attempt game for Cousins. How about Jordan Addison versus the Broncos and Bears wide receivers? Uh, behind Moore and Sutton, right in the same range as Judy. I've got him ahead of Judy and Moore. Okay. Also, I don't think that the Vikings are going to just run away with this one because I don't know if they're capable of that, even against Carolina. Start TJ Hawkinson. He has 78 catches in each game. Over to the other side of the ball, uh, Carolina quarterbacks. Bryce Young, it's going to be him. And that's, uh, if I could say, there it is. He's throwing for 150 yards per game in two starts, so... We're going to sit him, 
But what about Adam Thielen? Any interest in DJ Chark coming off a huge game? Uh, how about Thielen did, versus all I these I did a, uh, a fun uh, DFS lineup with a young Thielen stack because he's so cheap, Bryce Young. Huh? And the Vikings are so bad. Sure. Why not? I mean, we can't tell him. This, can't tell. Like, you wouldn't start young over Burrow, would you? I'm not starting young in redrafts, but if he has a two touchdown game, which would not be surprising against this defense, and he gives you 225 yards or maybe more, then without, you know, vomiting all over himself with a bunch of turnovers, then he's going to have a decent enough game, especially if Thielen does what he does. Then those are the type of players because you get so many options to put around. Okay. So do you like Thielen more than all the, you know, the Addison, DJ Moore, Cortland Sutton? Yes. Yeah. Yes. I've got him behind Sutton, but I he's a top 24 wide receiver. Even in week two with Bryce Young, huge target share, 18.4 PPR points, just not as efficient. The, the thing that I was most impressed with last week was his timing with Andy Dalton was impeccable. It was amazing. So I, I kind of hope that they get there with Bryce Young, but for now, he's the number one receiver. He's going to get a lot of targets. He's getting open. This old-ass man is getting open. You'd love to see it. So, you know, we're starting to learn a little bit more about matchups and what's good and who's bad and whatnot. Like, for example, Seattle's run defense is one that I'm really looking at. They've been amazing so far, and that's who Miles Sanders played last week. He had nine carries for 24 yards and a touchdown. But Minnesota's run defense has been sneaky good because mm. I'm I'm also starting sure. to think— Sure, Jan. Well, I'm also starting to think that— when you evaluate a team's run defense, you don't count what DeAndre Swift does to them. It, like, because like the way the, the Vikings played DeAndre Swift is just not, they're not going to play an opponent like that again all year, most likely. The way they faced the Eagles, just the strategy they had. And they've been great against Rashad White and great against Josh Kelly. And yes, those guys are Josh Kelly and Rashad White. But anyway, I don't know that it's a layup of a matchup for Miles Sanders, but you guys are starting Miles Sanders. Are you? Are, how do you feel about it, Dave? Are you confidently starting Miles Sanders? Are you nervously starting Miles Sanders? Yeah, the counterpoint to your argument is you shouldn't count what they did against Joshua Kelly either because he's awful. He just isn't nearly as efficient with his carries as 90% of running backs in the National Football League. I, I do like a lot of their players on their defense, but I, I think the Miles Sanders is still going to get certainly more work than last week. You know that he's got the potential to score, and he's caught a ton of targets this year, certainly by comparison to what he did in Philadelphia. Uh, I think I, I read somewhere that he's on pace for like a career high in targets, like way over what he's had. Yeah. So I'll figure it out and I'll tell you. He's but, averaging four catches a game. Right. That's so terrific. Like in PPR, top 15 running back, no questions asked. Start okay. him. All right. Start Miles Sanders. Start Adam Thielen. What do you think about Chark? Let's. I mean, some people are desperate. Uh, is Mingo definitely out? I know he's in the concussion protocol. Yeah, I, there's no update that I've seen, but I would guess that he is. And even I if he I don't know played, if it I don't care. matters so much, but I, I think in terms of the <laughs> upside, the ceiling is certainly a little bit better if there's no Mingo on the field. Look, he's not going to get the same amount of targets because I don't think Bryce Young is going to give him the same opportunities that Andy Dalton did. So... He's not a bad stash candidate just to see what happens. And again, the matchup is favorable. So desperate situation. Like I have him in a in a league where I start five wide receivers. I'm starting him. But Same. I don't I don't want to start him in a three receiver league yet. So I'm not there with him. You gotta wait for Andy Dalton to get back on the field, which who knows when that'll be. Guess the pace, the 17 game pace for Miles Sanders and targets. A hundred. Jamie? Sure. 
higher. <laughs> 110. 113 targets, 68 catches. Yeah, it's a lot. All right, Sid Hayden Hurst, and let's go to Seattle at the Giants. In fact, I am going to Seattle at the Giants. Yes. Let me know if you're going, everybody out there. Uh, Why, should I could catch your cough? I'm is not this, uh, is this the game Dan's going with you? No, Dan's going separately, but I will be yeah. tailgating with him. Nice. Hopefully. We had a great time last Monday Night Football uh, last year. So that Why was don't you guys three. run on like a 20-yard dash or something, see who's faster? Because I have injured ribs, or I would. Okay, why don't you thumb wrestle? That is not a contest that I am interested in uh, losing. Uh, stat, stat of the game for this one, all three quarterbacks to face the Seahawks have thrown for 323 yards or more. And that would be Dalton, uh, who are we talking? Stafford, Goff, and Dalton. They've all, all thrown for 323 or more yards. Um, I know it's really Take hard. the under on Daniel Jones. Yeah, probably. But you look at what he did like Minnesota last year. He had two 300-yard games. And uh, I don't know. I mean, this is why you drafted Daniel Jones. Oh, you should start him, but you know I don't think you can get 300 yards. No. Yeah. 300 yards to Matthew Stafford is like 200 yards to Daniel Jones. Uh, right. Jones rarely throws for 200 yards, but uh, but but he does, you know. Maybe you should say 150. Again, if you if you, if you drafted Jones, it's, I just struggle with this one. I only have him in one league, I think. Maybe I have him super flex too, but is it just a good quarterback week? Guys, like, it's not yeah. it's not bad. It's a little bit tougher when you're looking at DFS lineups because of who's not available to you because of the Sunday night and Monday night and Sunday morning games. Yeah, like Daniel Jones. Um, yeah, I mean, Daniel Jones, Geno Smith would be great DFS <laughs> plays because yeah. of what they would most likely be priced at. But yes, it's not a bad week for quarterbacks at all. So Daniel Jones is, is worth starting if he's your best quarterback. I would start more Deshaun Watson, for example, or Dak Prescott, um, Burrow. You know, so there's, you know, three guys that were probably drafted ahead of him. But look, he's got to perform better. He's got a pretty crappy sample size right now. One good game and two awful ones. And the two awful ones were against really tough matchups. This is not right. one of those tough matchups. And he did not play well against Seattle last year in Seattle. They were a tough matchup. This is what I don't really understand. I think there's a history of this with Pete Carroll, of their defenses getting better as the year goes on. Yes. But uh, they were great against wide receivers. They were really good against the pass last year. And they should be getting healthier with Reek Woolen and Jamal Adams playing this week. So I think... Guys, personally, I think Seattle pretty much does what it wants offensively, and I think the Giants might struggle, unfortunately. I don't know how you guys feel. Is that the fan talking? No, it's just like the Giants' defense is just not good. They have no pass. Oh, rush. that I, sure. So, I, so I'm clear. confident in the Seahawks. Gino revenge game, too. <laughs> it is a Gino revenge game. Well, nice. Or it's a Giants revenge game for you- Gino ruining Eli Manning's streak. <laughs> do you do you like Jones a little less if Saquon doesn't if yes. Saquon does play? No, I think you have to. I, no, I like him. I like him more if Saquon does play because Saquon might be the best receiver. That. You know, okay. and and he just makes their offense so much more versatile and less. Yeah, they're not worried about Matt Breida. They're worried about Saquon Barkley if he's on the field. But not I think nice I think this is a pretty easy game, right? I mean, Geno and Jones are low end starters. You know, uh, Walker's easy. Metcalf and Lockett, you guys like. Now Lockett's only had one good game in three. But you like well, him. Well, when he left, also. He, did he? But I don't think he missed that much time, did he? In week one, yeah. Okay. Should have had a touchdown in week one before he left. All right. So and I feel like he was close to one last week. Maybe I'm maybe I'm just cuckoo. You're starting Lockett. You're starting Metcalf. You're starting Waller. Yeah. Uh, I would, in a deep league, give Wondell Robinson an 
if you need a receiver, desperation type of guy. I hate how many to be snaps? A, how many snaps is he going to play? I think like 30%. 30%, I don't know. 30%, so 18, 20 I don't, snaps. I don't maybe. know. I have no idea. I have no right, idea. Right, that's, that's kind of the problem with starting Wandale. Stashing him is easy. It's starting him that's tough. I hate to be a jerk about this. I'm sorry. Uh, Lockett has played 88%, 86%, 81% of the snaps. So I, he has... Actually, this is kind of a bigger Tyler Lockett discussion than just this game because this should be a good game for him. But this is what concerns me. I'm getting some, some Adam Thielen vibes from the 31-year-old Tyler Lockett. He now has 68 or fewer... He has no more than 68 yards in 14 of his last 15 games, including the postseason. So it's not a good sign for Tyler Lockett. I don't think it's something we should completely ignore, but this, is a big, this should be a good week for him. So the question is, what do we do about the Giants running backs here? Jamie, what are your thoughts? I mean, you said at the start of the show, if Saquon Barkley, we find out Sunday he's playing, you're starting him. If he's not, then Brita is at best a flex. You know, he played 82% of the snaps last week, did score a touchdown. I mean, obviously you could say he didn't look great. But again, look what they were playing against San Francisco, which is a much, much tougher matchup. So he should perform a little bit better. The question is, did they see enough to say, okay, maybe we should give Gary Brightwell more touches if there isn't no Barkley there? So if you can avoid the Giants running backs minus Saquon Barkley, that's your best bet. But if you're stuck, then Brita. I, I think if Brita was dropped or still available on waivers and you're the Barkley manager, you just pick him up and say, okay, I'll play who the starter is or who, you know, if Barkley doesn't play, I'll just plug Matt Breida in there. But you just hope that that uh, that Barkley's out there. Yeah, I'm with that. Guess which receiver in this game has two end zone targets every week this season? Yeah, lock it. Lock it. Yeah. That's part of the reason why you're starting him. So if I told you Barkley were out, would you start Matt Breida or Brian Robinson? Robinson. <clears throat> Robinson. Mm, you catch his count? <laughs> yeah. Robinson. If I told you Barkley were out, would you start Matt Breida or <coughs> Khalil Herbert or Rashawn Johnson? <coughs> Both of the Bears guys. <laughs> I have Breida over <laughs> Herbert and Rokoff. You know, it hurts to laugh because of the torn ribs. So thanks for that. Plural? You should no, multiple you just, ribs. No, are just torn? a muscle in my rib cage. You should get a replacement at Bobby Rubino's. And <laughs> <laughs> go over some ribs. Uh, by the Tony way, you Romas. said the, the Niners, this is what I'm saying. You said the Niners are a much tougher matchup than the Seahawks. I just, I don't think we'll get anything will be proven if, if Barkley's out. I don't care whatever stats you're going to tell me. The Niners are a tougher matchup. I'm just saying, the they're giving up 2.7 yards per carry to running backs. We've got to keep an eye on this on I this defense. don't care what defense. the stats say. The Niners are a tougher matchup than the Seahawks. Remember the I mean, ice cream cookie skillet dessert at Tony Roma's? I no. used to get that. Every time, I am not saying Jamie that the Seahawks are tougher than the Niners. I'm I know saying, what you're saying. I'm just, I'm just saying. Like, eye. all right, it's a, it's a moot point. They, they both can be good. Tampa Bay is at New Orleans, but first we got to take another commercial opinion. break. We'll talk about Mike Evans and his horrible history against the New Orleans Saints. Just in case you missed it earlier this week, that's uh, coming up, and also uh, Alvin Kamara making his return. We'll talk about that and his pretty bad history against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We'll be right back. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. 
Visit roberthalf.com today. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Welcome back here to your Friday edition of Fantasy Football Today. We have a mailbag coming up. We're recording it later this afternoon. It will publish on Saturday in the audio feed. You can see it on youtube.com slash fantasy football today before that. Tampa Bay is at New Orleans. And just to give it again, the stat of the game, in the 10 games that Evans has played against the Saints with Marshawn Lattimore, he has scored more than 12.8 PPR fantasy points once. He has scored single-digit PPR fantasy points in five of those 10 games. And he's been at 64 fewer yards in eight of those 10 games. So it's just awful. And like I said on the Tuesday or Wednesday show, I think, there have been plenty of times where he's gone into the game saying, you can't sit Mike Evans. Look what he just did. And it hasn't mattered. So where do you guys have Evans, the number five running uh, wide receiver in fantasy going into this week? Where do you have him ranked? High end number three receiver. I'm there. High end number three receivers and not in your top 24? Top 30. Yeah. And that's a lot of respect to this matchup. Would you say this I mean, is a lot the, of history? You, you just laid it out. I mean, it's not just, you know, a three game sample size, a five game sample size. It's pretty big, you know, so I hope he can, you know, outperform it. I mean, my gosh, he has maybe his best quarterback ever. Uh, so Baker's done a great <laughs> job for Mike Evans. Um, I, I just can't trust the history. Yeah. Would you say this is the most, the most influential matchup history in fantasy for you in terms of how it affects your rankings ever current in terms of historical, because there's been situations where like, you know, great corners playing receiver and they've never met before. I'm, I'm talking about one player. Can you, can you remember one player against a specific team? This influential. Well, I mean, there's, uh, he's, he's in year 10, right? I mean, this yeah. is there's a lot of data for Mike Evans. I know. That's what I'm saying. I mean, I feel yeah, like no, this, is, this, is as, yeah, this is as telling as it gets. There's another one, by the way, coming up later in the show, another pretty long history of a player and a matchup, but it's on the other side of the spectrum. It's great history. Um, all right. So that's Evans, Chris Godwin, starter sit. What do you think? Can't start him at this point. What if I told you that Godwin has a higher average against the Saints in the last nine meetings than Evans does? Would that make you want to start Godwin over Evans? Not until I see a better connection between him and Baker Mayfield. So, and th- and that's like, that's why I kind of want to play devil's advocate with Mike Evans is that he's averaging 9.3 targets per game. Are we just to believe that that's going to shrivel to four or five targets because they're playing the Saints? Like the, the, the Bucks are going to know that going no, but- in. I mean, look, you got you got lucky last week with the touchdown against the Eagles, you know, and, and he's not exactly like consistently over 100 yards receiving. So you're getting saved by his yardage. You're getting touchdowns. And so it's been great. He scored three straight games. 
But at some point, if he has a 50 or 60 yard outing and four catches despite nine targets and doesn't score, that's a pretty crappy stat line. And if that's going to happen, wouldn't it make sense for it to happen when he's on the road against a team that has schemed against him very well for a long period of time? If he was struggling coming into this week, he wouldn't be ranked. He would not be ranked. Right, exactly. And it is a good point, Jamie, that Evans has had 66 yards against Minnesota on 10 targets, 60 yards against Philadelphia on 10 targets. That's bad. But he right. scored the touchdown. He crushed Chicago, 171 yards to the touchdown. I remind you that he should he had a 70-yard catch, I think, where he shoved a guy out of the way, and it should not have counted. It should have been pass interference. Um, maybe it wasn't 70, but it was one of his longest. It was, it was long. It was a huge catch. So no, but that's like, a good point it's about It's all the yards. about the volume. That's what's been carrying him. And and he's getting his dots lower. <clears throat> that, that's the difference from now versus years past. Okay, so Rashad White. Heath likes Rashad White. He's got him 17th, I think, in PPR, 15th in non-PPR. I'll double-check on that. You guys do not like Rashad White. <clears throat> no. I don't like a lot of the Bucks this week. I mean, the Saints defense has been really good, and he's had one good game of the three. This is a this is a tough defense. He's not exactly dominating in the passing game like I had hoped. Maybe that changes this week, but I think just from the standpoint of non-PPR is easy to bench. And in full PPR, okay, Maybe he's 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 a number two running back. Like, I don't know. I don't really love Brian Robinson. I'm starting Robinson over him in 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 one league where I have the two of them in half PPR. Yep, I like okay. that. So it, starting H Chan is easy to do. Let me, you know what? Over let, Rashad I, White too. I think we've spent enough time on the Bucks. Obviously, you guys don't like the Bucks going up against this defense. Yeah, his only so, good game was against Chicago. Rashad White, and we've already talked about how terrible that defense is. All right, so let's talk about the the and Saints. Todd Bowles hates him right now. You guys do not have Jameis Winston in your top 20, so don't start him. But uh, I'm starting over Stafford in the Superflex League. I'm happy about that. Okay. All right, Alvin Kamara. He has not been good. In his last three seasons, he's averaged 2.6 yards per carry against the Bucs. Uh, but this Bucks run defense isn't the same as it used to be, I guess. So how much faith do you have in Kamara, Jamie? I think the thing for me with him is that fresh legs against a team that just played Monday night, and yes, he does not have a great history, but he does have four total touchdowns in his last five against Tampa Bay. So there's touchdown potential here. Plus, you have Jameis starting, so I think they're going to lean more on their run game. At least give him opportunities and maybe make some you know easy throws uh, from Jameis to Kamara as well. So he's a number two running back. You know, I, I think if you if you have him and you stash him for the first three weeks, you you should be moderately excited to have him back. Is it the softest of matchups to start with? No, but is it one that you run away from? No. 6.1 yards per carry to the Bears running backs two games ago, and then 5.8 to the Eagles running backs last week. I don't think this is a matchup to be totally scared of. Okay. And they're giving up a lot of yards before contact, even against the Bears. 2.91 yards before contact per rush. Kamara's going to have a good game. What's your interest level in Michael Thomas, who's been 11 to 12 and a half PPR points in all three games, and Rashid Shahid? Shahid is more of a boom-bust type of number three receiver if you're stuck with the hope that Jameis and his ability to just wing it down the field whenever he wants to uh, leads to some you know big plays or a couple a big play or a couple of big plays for Shahid. I think Thomas, you're just penciling him in as a number three receiver in PPR at this point. You know, not a lot of upside until we see it, but giving you that floor right there, which is perfect. I'm looking up something on Thomas. Give me a minute. <laughs> okay. He uh, he is averaging 0.9 yards after the catch per catch. So there's that. One, That's not what I'm looking. One up. yak per catch. Uh, all right. And would you start um, 
I'm sorry. Did you say Chris Godwin versus Thomas? Did I ask that? I would start the top two Saints receivers over Godwin. Shahid is after Godwin. But not over Evans. I would start Alave over Evans. Sorry. I was I don't know why I was Alave. It's Alave, Evans, Evans, Thomas, Godwin, Shahid. Okay. Trey Palmer. Any interest in Taysom Hill? In non PPR, he's a desperation start at tight end. Okay. What do you think about? I want to take a look at their schedule. What do you think about trading Kamara now? Do you think we are at the peak of his value or just play it out? Let's see what happens. I wouldn't say you're at the peak of his value, but you are talking about a 28 year old running back with a backup quarterback with a year ago was who a year ago was terrible in terms of what the expectations were and what happens when Jamal Williams comes back off of IR, if that happens in terms of what the workload will be with Kendra Miller, maybe getting some chances as well. So if you're getting something great in return, like I had a, a, a league, yeah, in a league yesterday where the Bijan Robinson manager was 0 three and did an on the block, you know, looking to make a move. And I sent a package of, of Alvin Kamara and I know I was underselling it. It was like Nico Collins, Alvin Kamara and somebody else, you know, just to see what, how desperate they were and how much name value Camaro would still have. And the trade got rejected. But I think if you can put some sort of, you know, put some uh, trade offers to some managers that are struggling, that would love to have a guy like Camaro back, the Barkley manager, the Eckler manager, the Aaron Jones manager just had a bad game. You know, those, those are the type of moves that should, should help you and maybe help that person also. If you can get somebody to overpay on Camaro, it would make sense, but I'm, I'm, I'm not actively trying to get him off my fantasy team. Tell me if this stats mean anything to you guys. With Jameis Winston last year, it was only three games. Michael Thomas, 19.8% target share, uh, 5.3 catches per game, yards per catch, 10.7, three red zone targets, three end zone targets that either led or tied for the team lead. Remember, in three games with Jameis last year. Does that do anything for you when it comes to Michael Thomas? Uh, I would say that if he goes out and has a good game this week, I'd probably put more stock into it. But I'd kind of want to see it play out. You know, it wouldn't mean anything for me this week. But yeah, I mean, it's interesting because Olave, those were the first three games of Olave's career. Okay. Uh, One more stat to give. All right. Last week when Jameis came in, Michael Thomas had 43.8% of the target share from Jameis Winston. Uh, Seven targets, <clears throat> six catches, 50 yards from Jameis. It's interesting. Because he's the outside receiver now. He's not the slot guy anymore, so maybe there is something there. All right, it's worth it's worth looking into. All right, let's go to the next game here. New England is at Dallas. Stat of the game. These are the two fastest-paced teams in the NFL. They run plays faster than any other teams. That is uh, really interesting. New England and Dallas. Sit Mac Jones, Ramondre Stevenson, or Alvin Kamara? Kamara. Okay, I'll wait for Jamie to come back. Uh, uh, Kamara. Kamara, all right. You guys, it looks like you're pretty different on Ramondre Stevenson, though, unless these rankings are not updated on my end. Um, I got him 20th. Oh, okay. You moved him down. So you're not that different. Never mind. Uh, I did want to read something from Andrew Callahan of the Boston Herald, and this was on NBC Sports Boston, and he said this about Ramondre Stevenson. Last year, he's getting over two yards after contact. You touch him, he's still falling forward. This year, he's at .2 yards after contact. By the way... That's not what True Media has. True Media has 3.8 yards after contact last year, 1.8 this year. So even the numbers were different, but the point is the same. Yards after contact, way down for Ramondre. Callahan continued. He said this, 
I don't think that's going to hold up over the course of the season. But it's worth noting, the Patriots did a strange thing with Stevenson this summer. They let him sit out like four practices. They said, go over there and run on the field. I asked him at the beginning of camp, in the middle of camp, and at the end, hey, have they told you why yet that you just get to go hang out at Camp Foxborough? He said, no, you'd have to ask Bill. He was genuine, so I don't know if he's playing catch-up, but he's not breaking yards after contact like he did last year. You know, I just want to throw that out. We'll see what happens. I just want to throw that out as maybe like Josh Jacobs, you know, being rusty and just maybe not getting enough work in the preseason. I don't know, but it's been ugly for Stevenson. So he's Could it be that, or were they having him work on his conditioning? Maybe he didn't come back in shape, and that's it why It seemed as if they were treating him like a featured guy and wanting to just make sure that he wasn't going to get hurt. It could be that, too. That's I fair. think the, the thing you got to be a little worried about is the offensive line's been struggling for the Patriots from, from a health standpoint. They're getting healthier. At least it appears that way. And at what point is this is the flip side of it? You know, I know a lot of it was late in the game, but does Zeke looking better last week become a problem? Now, again, it was, you know, garbage time against a Jets team that probably checked out. This is an interesting week because he's facing his former team. So how much are they, you know, going to let him maybe get some additional work? It's not like they're in a, in a situation where they can just do whatever they want to. Clearly, Dallas is a much better team here. So I would love to see a situation again, like we saw more in week one, where they're down, pass attempts are up. And we saw, you know, everybody's getting targets. So, you know, we, we, we said this, the, look at the target share as opposed to the, the, the sheer volume of targets. But mm-hmm. six targets for that game, for six targets for Stevenson in that week one game. And that's something I think that can matter here in this game against Dallas is his role in the passing game. So I don't think you're benching him across the board, but it's uh, it, it's it's a tough start so far for Ramondre. And we did say this, that the schedule was not going to be very favorable for the Patriots. So just something to keep in mind. It's going to continue to be unfavorable too. So if he has a good game this week, maybe you think about selling high on him. Ramondre Stevenson or Nico Collins or Tank Dell? I would oh. probably still start Stevenson, but it would not surprise me if those guys are better. I think I'll roll the dice on the Texans receivers. Ramondre Stevenson or uh, Devon Achan? Stevenson. I do have Stevenson ahead of Achan. Tyler Lockett. I'd start Lockett. I would too. All right, you're not going to start a new... Are we starting Hunter Henry, actually? I can start a Patriots wide receiver, I assume. But Hunter Henry? I think it's the same thing about Goddard to a lesser degree. If, if you picked up Henry and he's the only guy in your team, like I wasn't dropping Hunter Henry to pick up Luke Musgrave. Forget about the results. I wasn't dropping him to pick up Jake Ferguson. I'm not dropping him to pick up um, Gerald Everett. You know, So he had a bad game last week. They did not have to throw very much. They're probably going to be chasing points. And I know Dallas is certainly a much tougher team against tight ends, um, or at least expected to be a tougher team against tight ends. But I, I, I think you just bank on – Target volume mattering here and him getting a chance to get the ball in his hands and hopefully score. Why are you guys so low on Dak Prescott this week? Basically around 20th. Have you watched Dak play? I, I think he's been off just kind of a, a weird start. You know, I don't hold the Giants game against him. He scored 24, almost 24 points against the Jets. And they were all terrible last week. Uh, threw an interception near the end zone so, last week, right? So, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't but- know. The first problem is the offensive line. He was missing three starters last week. That was something that I certainly should have put more stock into. The good news is this week, it looks like at least two of those offensive linemen uh, are coming back, and it's the interior guys, Martin and uh, Biedish. And I think that that will help Dak feel more comfortable. It's still a tough pass rush. You know the Patriots are going to come after him. Uh, I could see myself moving him up. I'm not going to be able to move him into my top 15. But he's he's an okay start. That's as good as it gets because he is still making mistakes. 
Okay. Patriots did a good job against Jalen Hurts for what that's worth in week one. They've done a good job against everybody. They've been great. I mean, technically Tua, too. They, they schemed against Tua, so I don't know mm-hmm. if that's necessarily doing a good job against them. I don't think they're going to do the same thing against the Cowboys. But, yeah, this is always going to be a tough matchup no matter what when you have Belichick on the other side, unless they're just completely stripped down from an injury standpoint. And yes, the secondary is beat up, but, I mean, the way Dak is playing, not overwhelming right now, and this defense, I think it's worth staying away from him if you can't. Like Start. all the guys we've talked about, Geno's better, Dana Jones better, Fields better, Russell Wilson better. Yep. All these guys, I would have said Jordan Love better. I would have said Jared Goff better as well. You know, so um, I'm not going to get cute and start Jameis over him, but I think you know, top 16, top 17 quarterback is where he is. Right, what so. about Dak versus Burrow? If you knew the offensive line was going to be healthy, I would start Burrow. Okay, I'm going to have to make that decision. Pollard start, Lamb start, anyone else? Ferguson? The Patriots have typically been good against tight ends, so Ferguson's going to need to score. Mm-hmm. So he's a borderline guy. And I do think, forget about starting him this week, but if you do have an open roster spot, maybe just see what Michael Gallup does again because Brandon Cook's dealing with the knee injury. They really like him. you know. So whatever we think of Michael Gallup is different from what the Cowboys think of Michael Gallup. And certainly what Dak Prescott thinks of Michael Gallup because he got targets and opportunities last week. So 14-team league, 16-team league, you know, deep bench in a 12-team league, you know, you can't get your hands on Wondell Robinson. Maybe pick up Michael Gallup. Okay, Dallas DST is top six. Start them. Washington's at Philadelphia. Stat of the game. DeAndre Swift is tied for the NFL lead with three carries down to the one-yard line. They all led to Jalen Hurts rushing touchdowns. So he's been so close to having even bigger performances here. Uh, how much do you like DeAndre Swift? Do you like him better than Ramondre Stevenson, Dave Richard? Oh, yes. I like him better than... Almost every running back we've talked about on the show today. I'll take Connor ahead of him. We talked about Connor. Um, the obvious guys, of course, like Kenneth Walker, we mentioned him. I'll take him over DeAndre Swift. I'm I'm toying with the idea of putting him ahead of both Derrick Henry and Kyron Williams and making him a top 10 running back this week. Jamie might already have him there, but he's been so impressive. And that offensive line is so strong that I can't help but think that he's, he's going to be good. I, I just don't. I don't even want to say what I was going to say. Never mind, never mind. We're just going to have good vibes with DeAndre Swift, and he's going to be uh, a must-start every week. He's been awesome. It's just the frustrating part is the lack of touchdowns and the lack of work in the passing game. Right. You know? So he's got to get you 130-plus yards rushing. You know, that's just where to, to make him a top-ten guy. And so that's the the annoying part about it. So he's got the potential to do it, and certainly the commanders are terrible, as we've seen the last couple of games. But – uh, no, he's not a top 10 guy for me. I would not start him over those guys. I just, again, there's there, the, the, it's like, he's a, he's a great trap back, you know? Yeah. He's just, he's just, too, he's okay. just too good at it. Yeah. Where do you have him compared to Zach Moss? Oh, behind Moss. I do too, but I, I, I like him a lot. I love what I'm seeing. I've got him ahead of Camara. Uh, what do you guys think about the commander's wide receivers? And Terry McLaurin seems like the tougher the matchup, the, the better McLaurin gets. And he was really good against the Eagles last year. Yep. 16.2 Over 100 points, yards in each game. 20.8 points, yeah. Um, he, he's And he scored on Denver. We thought he wouldn't do that. He, now, that wasn't against Sertan. But any, you have any interest in any commander? No. They just gave up nine sacks, yeah. and he threw four interceptions. He's the first quarterback since 1985, I believe is the stat, to do that. That was a Warren Moon game. Um, I know it was definitely Warren Moon. I think it was 85 uh, to have that bad of a performance. Wow. And now he's got to take on this defensive line. Like He's going to be running for his life. So I don't want to trust McLaurin. I don't want to trust Dotson. 
Um, Brian Robinson, I think you're going to have to get him in the end zone, and that's going to be tough against this run defense. <clears throat> so while the Eagles' pass defense has certainly struggled in two of the first three games, they were very beat up in those two matchups. They got healthier last week, and it showed. And I think it's going to be tough for uh, both commanders, receivers, Sam Howell, everything across the board with with Washington. I think you said it best. If you're hoping for Sam Howell to bounce back, you, you pick him up and – Use him in week yeah. five against the Bears, but for week four, no, hands off. Okay. Uh, Robinson, look, we, we know the negative game script's not good, so you try to get away from Brian Robinson. He doesn't play on passing downs, and the Eagles' run defense has been absolutely elite. Logan um, Thomas can is— you, Can you write a note and send it to all of us, please? Because uh, this is like the 75th year in a row that Ron Rivera says they're going to use a running back in the passing game and it never happened. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Uh, Logan Thomas is certainly not saying to start him, but just so you know, Sam Howell, there are 35, going into last night's game, 34 quarterbacks who qualified, or passer rating qualified. Sam Howell had the fifth lowest percentage of throws to wide receivers, but the third highest percentage of throws to tight ends. Mm-hmm. So it's just they, something to keep in mind for the future. It's a carryover from what the enemy saw in Kansas City. And unfortunately, it's impacting Dotson. Dotson has two fourth quarter targets this year. Wow. Okay, start uh, the Eagles passing game. You know, it Why? is what it is. I don't get it. Don't and get uh, Goddard, you know, if you, uh, if you Hunter Henry or Goddard, where who you guys have higher? Henry and PPR. Uh, Goddard. Henry. Hold on, I might. Yeah, I've got Henry higher in both. One more game. Arizona's at San Francisco. Stat of the game. Both Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk have bad history against the Cardinals. And George Kittle has amazing history against the Cardinals. How much of that matters if they all play? I understand if if Kittle's if Debo's out, you start Kittle and Ayuk, you don't even think about it. How much of that matters, though, if they all play? You got to wonder if the lack of practice time for both guys will just help George Kittle because that's where Purdy's been looking in his practice reps. So not that he's not familiar with all these guys and the system's not going to put these guys in place, but... You know, okay, hey, we have a play play X is now thrown into the you know the script because Ayuk's not there or, or Debo's not there. So I'm gonna start Kittle no matter what. I'm gonna play him in DFS because he's still relatively cheap by comparison to the elite tight ends. And like you said, the history's definitely been there. So um I'm gonna trust him this week for sure. And then it's just a matter of if one of the other two guys is out, it's easy to start the one that's healthy. If they're both playing, I still give the nod to Debo. So the the defense and and I think how they're going to operate man versus zone is going to matter for Ayuk more times than not. Uh, for Purdy, he had a under 200 yard passing game last year against the Cardinals in his lone meeting, but threw three touchdowns. So, you know that that's the type I think of of game you're looking for for him, and it should be a huge Christian McCaffrey. Guess who's bottom six in tight end targets per game, yards per catch to tight ends, and missed tackles against tight ends this year. The and one of the XFL teams, the Green Bay Packers. No, it's the Cardinals. <laughs> Great matchup for Kittle, no matter what. You'd obviously prefer it if one of the receivers do not play, does not play. Uh, okay, my mom was an English teacher, James Connor, James Connor, and an author <laughs> is a start. Uh, Marquise Brown, starter sit. I would try to get away from, him, but gross flex. So do you feel like we need to put the 49ers wide receivers in context here, where to rank them if they both play, if, if Debo's out, et cetera? Okay. I think people know. You're starting Debo. Are you a starter in three receiver leagues no matter what? Does this matter at all that, once again, the Cardinals are somehow being 
really good against number one receivers. I mean, it's it's the Commanders guys, and then it was C.D. Lamb. I don't know if that's anything. It's it probably it's probably just a coincidence. But this hasn't been a great receiver matchup necessarily. Like, How'd the Giants do in week two? Yeah, I mean, Hyatt had it 90 yards, and and uh, what's his name? Hodgins had a Hodgins touchdown. Um, yeah, and I, I guess maybe that does matter to a degree. I don't maybe. even think it does. I don't think it does. No, it, I really it's, think it's probably just... more of a byproduct of playing zone and having the safeties <laughs> kind of over the top of the number one receiver. To me, really, it's just, it's just CeeDee Lamb. Right. So, uh, Brock Purdy, by the way. Yeah. We've talked about a lot of quarterbacks. Geno, Jones, Burrow. Uh, Wilson, Fields. Where's Purdy? Ahead of Burrow, ahead of Prescott, ahead of Watson for me. He's behind Watson and Burrow for me. So you guys are going to tell me I should start Wilson over Purdy, right? I would. Uh, there's more upside for Wilson. There's a safer floor for Purdy. Okay. Wilson's floor has been like 18 points. He had a 16-point game in there. Okay, so that's a few points worse than what Brock Purdy's floor is. I would take the chance on Russ. All right, we'll go for the upside. I mean, Purdy scored about 25 points last week, and it was the second-best game of his regular season career for fantasy. Okay, thanks for watching and listening, everybody. Good luck to you. We'll talk to you Sunday morning. We'll also have the mailbag before that. But uh, let's go get ourselves a win. Get to 4-0. Yeah. Talk to you later on Fantasy we, Football. Uh, we, uh, we're starting HQ on <laughs> Sunday at 9. Oh, right. We have London. That's right. Yep. Okay, 9 o'clock on HQ Sunday morning. 9 a.m. Early Edge Player Prop Show here on YouTube, you 4 p.m. Friday afternoon. Make some money. Bye. Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.